This is the Wild Crime Report for Monday the 15th of January 2024. I'm wildlife investigator Matt Durrant and thanks for joining me on our very first report. Whether you're making a coffee in the kitchen, driving to work, sitting on public transport or barely out of bed, this is your information kickstart for the week on what's happening around the world in the realm of wildlife and marine crime. Now for those of you that just celebrated Christmas, perhaps back in December, you're enjoying an office holiday party or maybe you hosted a gathering for family and friends with mince pies and rum punch. Well in Ha Tin province in Vietnam, a chap by the name of Nguyen Tien Dung was doing things a bit differently. Just a few days before Christmas, Vietnamese police raided his property and found seven frozen tiger cubs and 11 kilograms of fireworks. I mean, who doesn't want to celebrate the holiday period with a classic frozen tiger firecracker party? Now, some of you are probably thinking, what on earth? And others may just be shuddering at the thought. Tiger cubs are unfortunately used in a long-held tradition of being killed and marinated as a delicacy or medicinal purpose in wine. It's just one of several byproducts that tigers are bred and killed for to serve a market in Vietnam and other countries, including China. Reports from the media in this arrest indicated that the frozen cubs were believed to have originated from the neighbouring country of Laos, which is pretty unsurprising. Within the Mekong area, where wild tigers are barely found in the wild if at all, tigers can be found in farms around the region that are either legally masquerading as a zoo or illegally set up to breed tigers for the commercial trade. The question for investigators will be to pursue this case and see exactly which farm these tigers were bred in and how they were smuggled across the border. While it's always disappointing to hear these sorts of stories, it's encouraging to know that the Vietnamese police are still highly motivated to crack down on these smuggling networks. Perhaps next holiday season, Nguyen and his friends can enjoy some good old-fashioned cinnamon-infused mulled wine, just like the rest of us. Now let's move into 2024, which, as I might have mentioned earlier this week, has absolutely hit the ground running. In my home country of Australia, New South Wales police arrested four people and seized around 260 reptiles, disrupting a smuggling network that was shipping Australian native lizards to the pet hub of Hong Kong. The investigation commenced in September of last year after Australian postal officials intercepted a parcel of lizards smuggled in a package that was destined for Hong Kong. Now looking at the pictures released in the news and Seeing some of the seized reptiles, like the bobtail lizards, or blue tongues as we used to call them, it's absolutely true and correct that these can easily fetch a few thousand dollars on the pet market in Asia, depending on their size, their condition, and of course, their rarity. Whether Hong Kong authorities will follow up on the case at their end remains to be seen. It's pretty common to look at the pet shops in Kowloon and see a wide variety of foreign and protected species in aquariums, terrariums, and cages. Yet by the time they've arrived in the harbour city, it's very hard for authorities to do anything without proof of transport. The other interesting aspect of this operation was that it was conducted by police officers from Strike Force Raptor, a task force that was set up to fight gang crime, specifically Australian outlaw bikers. Was this organised crime involvement or just a side hustle by criminal associates? Now let's move north to Thailand, and I can almost guarantee you'll be hearing about this country a lot more in the Wild Crime Report. And that's because the country is firmly in the middle of the thriving wildlife trade within Southeast Asia. But it also plays a big part as a transit point from all corners of the world. Just last week, 
Thai officers within the Department of National Parks, Wildlife and Plant Conservation, known as the DNP, foiled a massive smuggling attempt. Three Vietnamese nationals were casually taking a coach bus from Bangkok to Laos. However, concealed within the vehicle was a storage area with boxes containing more than 1,000 animals, ranging from turtles, lizards and birds. Now, the suspects confessed to police and indicated that they were hired to smuggle the animals from Thailand to Laos with a payment of around 20 US dollars per box and 113 dollars US per trip. As I said, Thailand is not just a regional hub, but is a target from wildlife source countries further afield. This last week, Monga Bay News reported on a seizure of 38 monkeys made in Togo, West Africa. Among these old-world monkeys were highly protected lasulas and black-crested Mangabay monkeys, originating from the Democratic Republic of Congo. These sorts of species can only be exported with a valid permit, which of course was non-existent. And from the DRC to Tongo, their next intended destination was Thailand. Unfortunately, the press release didn't name any suspects held for this matter, so we can only hope that someone, somewhere, is on the police radar and is a few dollars lighter. I want to finish the report just to talk about a species that definitely gets plenty of airtime, but has been in the news this last week. Elephants and their plight has been widely publicised for many years. And just this last week, another public ivory destruction was conducted, this time in Nigeria, as a symbolic gesture of how the ivory trade should be destroyed completely. Of course, it really is just a gesture. The amount of stockpiled ivory amongst countries in Africa and all around the world would be in the hundreds, if not thousands, of tonnes. The ivory trade has definitely slowed down from its peak around a decade ago, but this shouldn't leave any room for complacency. There are still pockets of trafficking continuing to this day. It was only last year that Vietnam seized seven tonnes of ivory trafficked from Angola. The thing about large wildlife commodities like ivory is they may drop in value for a period of time, but you never know when that kilogram value of a tusk is going to rise up again. And for speculative investors, it may be worth investing in a few tonnes and keeping it in storage just in case that market returns to the highs of 2015 and 2016. For example, just look at the increasing discoveries of mammoth ivory found in the Siberian Icelands or, has been recently reported, in New York City's East River. Ivory from these prehistoric creatures becomes a bit of a grey area legally. CITES, or the Convention on International Trade in Endangered Species, has been unable to regulate trade of mammoth ivory, unlike for elephant ivory. And the concern for conservationists and investigators alike is that any legal trade in something like mammoth ivory could provide a loophole for which traffickers of African and Asian elephant ivory could exploit. What could make this easier is more countries legislating on this trade. Just like China did back in 2017 when they brought in an ivory ban. Hey, they beat most countries to the punch when it came to stricter measures on trade in ivory and rhino products. Only now in January 2024 has Canada brought in laws to greatly restrict the movement of any endangered animal parts. Even musicians with instruments containing ivory will need an import-export permit when travelling in or out of the country. Excuse me, madam, but do you have a permit for that cello? And that is the Wild Crime Report for this week. 
please subscribe if you haven't already and tell your friends, your family, your neighbours and that random person on the bus about this report. Anyone who wants to keep their finger on the pulse of events and trends in the world of environmental crime. I'm Matt Durrant. Until next time, stay wild and keep the animals there too.